And it says, Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee, and here's the promise that begins to come from the lips of God to Abram. And he says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Amen. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then if you skip over to the book of Galatians in the New Testament. Amen. The book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Hearkening back to what we read in Genesis. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. And in verse 22 of the same chapter. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise. Everyone say the promise. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And then one more verse, same chapter, verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs or recipients according to the promise. Amen. Amen. And I want to I want to preach talk to you this morning on the power of a promise. The power of a promise. Amen. Let's pray before we go we're seated this morning. God, we thank you for everything that you've done. We're thankful for your presence, God. There's none like you in all the world today. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to every heart Speak to every life, speak to every mind, every family, every individual, God. I pray that you would anoint, Lord, this humble vessel, Lord, this morning. I pray that you would anoint every heart, every life, anoint my lips. God, may everything that we say and do, Lord, be anointed and touched by God today. Lord, help us to receive the engrafted word of God into our lives and to apply it, Lord. And we will not fail to give you the glory and the honor in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. From the beginning of the book, the Holy Bible, we read and we read in the book of Genesis chapter 12. As the Lord appeared before Abram and he began to make a promise to this patriarch. That if he would get out of Ur of the Chaldees, if he would go to a land that uh, God would show him, that God would make of him a great nation, and that God would bless Abraham, and, and God would bless those that bless Abraham, 
and God would curse those that cursed Abraham. In other words, God would take the side of Abram and Abram and his family would be a conduit or would be a channel for the blessings of God. Amen. To reach every family of the earth. The Bible says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. We know from reading our Bibles and from studying Scripture that although Abram would receive this promise at a rather young age, it, it wouldn't be until he was uh, in, between 90 and 100 years of age that God would revisit the promise to Abraham and say that I'm going to bless thee and your seed is going to be like the stars of heaven and like the sand of the seashore innumerable. Amen. You're not going to be able to count it. Amen. God made a promise to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. The, the power of a promise is something that you're going to see. Amen. As this message unfolds this morning. Amen. There was much time that would, amen, happen from the moment God made Abraham that promise until the fulfilling of the promise. Hallelujah. Genesis in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16, verse 22 and verse 29. Amen. The promise is again remembered and called out. Amen. How that the promise of Abraham was the promise of Jesus Christ. Amen. The promise that God made Abraham, amen, was not just that his uh, his biological seed, those that would come from his loins, would be blessed. But here in Galatians, we read about that if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs or recipients according to the promise. Amen. And so the power of a promise is seen in that God made a covenant. God made a commitment. God made a promise to Abraham. And God is still fulfilling the promise today. Amen. The, a promise is defined as a declaration that one party will do or refrain from doing something specified. It is also a legally binding declaration that gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect or to claim the performance of a specified act. Hallelujah. It is a reason to expect something. Hallelujah. There, this Because of this definition, Abraham could at any time go before the Lord and say, God, you've made me a promise. God, you've made me a promise. I want you to remember your promise to me. And maybe there was times in the life of Abraham that he went before the Lord and said, God, I know you made me a promise in my 40s and 50s and whatever age it was exactly. But God, I, here I am, I'm in my 80s now, and I, I still wonder if you meant what you said way back then. Hallelujah. And maybe God uh, began to talk again to Abraham, and Abraham now in his 90s said, God, you said you're not a man that you would lie, and neither the son of man that you would repent. You remember God way back when I was in my 40s and you made me a promise. And God said, I haven't forgot. I'm waiting. 
And sometimes God waits on you and I to get to a place in life where we can take absolutely zero credit for what God wants to do. God allows you and I to get to places in life where we have exacerbated all of the options. Amen. We've tried everything of our own human ability. And finally, we relegate everything to God. And we say, God, I cannot do it by myself. I need the intervention. I need the touch of God upon my life. Amen. And Abraham had received a promise. Amen. This promise that is talked about, mentioned in the book of Genesis, is reiterated time and again throughout the pages of the Bible and throughout the Old Testament. The promise was made again and it was remembered again and again. In Genesis chapter 35 and verse 11, God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. There was a promise that was made. It was reiterated in Genesis 35. Amen. To the patriarchs of old. Amen. It was a prospect of a coming king. Amen. This was a constant theme in the promise plan of God. If I could use that term this morning. Amen. God does not forget the things that he speaks to you and to I about. And then later on in our Bible, the book of Numbers 24 and verse 17 to Balaam, he says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Amen. The promise that was given to Abraham back in Genesis, God begins to clarify. God begins to add. God begins to give further illumination and revelation about his word. Hallelujah. God begins to allow the promise to unfold in his people's lives. Hallelujah. God's made you a promise today, and you haven't seen it fully come to pass just yet I want to encourage you to be faithful and wait upon the Lord and say God I'll watch and I'll wait and I'll work God and I'll believe you for the fulfillment of the promise to my life hallelujah we would see through the scriptures amen that that promise would begin to unfold until eventually Abraham would at, at a very old age bear a son by the name of Isaac and Isaac would bear a son named Jacob amen up to this point there wasn't lots of children involved according to scriptures but when Jacob began to bear sons and daughters he had 12 boys and they were the 12 tribes of Israel and from this moment that Jacob had these boys amen that promise went down one generation then it went down another generation and finally the fourth generation began to experience and began to witness the fulfilling of the promise of God upon Abraham's life and those 12 tribes of Israel amen would begin to multiply and replenish and finally as we read in scriptures that they were under the bondage of Egypt and the rulership of Pharaoh amen that the Bible says that Pharaoh looked out and said this is a great people amen I've got to do something about this great people I've got to kill off all the male born children amen I've got to stop this this group of people from populating the earth because they're out of control that they've been multiplying they've been replenishing and they're overtaking everything hallelujah and so uh God began to work, amen, a miracle in the life of the Abraham seed. 
and we read from scripture, amen, about a man named Joseph, one of those 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. Joseph was the was the vessel, was the vehicle that God used to bring the blessings of God to the world around him. God used Joseph, amen, the son of Jacob, amen, to be the man, amen, that would bring the blessings of God to the world around him. God would give Joseph the unique ability, amen, to interpret dreams. And Joseph would interpret the dream as we skip through the pages of the Bible and we read through history that he would give the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream. And because of his ability, that unique ability to translate, to interpret Pharaoh's dream, God would tell, amen, and put, would put it in the heart of Pharaoh to elevate Joseph to second in command. And Joseph would become, uh, Egypt would become the most powerful nation on the face of the earth because of the people of God, because of a man named Joseph. And here lived out in scripture, we see that God wants to use his people to bring about blessings, to bring about healing, to bring about divine providence in the world around us today. God used Joseph to bring to Egypt the blessings of God. And then later on, as you read your Bible, I'm talking about the power of a promise. Amen. The promise that God made Abraham would continue to go throughout, amen, the portals of time. And then there's a man that arises to the scene by the name of Jonah. Anybody heard about Jonah and the big fish that swallowed him? God would use Jonah to bring to Nineveh, amen, that wicked city, the blessings of God. Amen. And this shows us in Scripture that regardless of how godless the, the country of Nineveh was, and regardless of how godless the people around us might be, and regardless of how godless you might be, you are still the object of God's concern and of God's desire. Hallelujah. God used Jonah to bring to Nineveh, amen, salvation. The promise and the blessings of God. The promise of Abraham from way back in Genesis. Now Jonah lives out the story of bringing the blessings of God to the people around him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It, it is, amen, the power of the promise that God made, amen, to Abraham. And I want you to understand today, amen, from the onset of this message, that I'm not just trying to give you historical accounts about a Jewish people, a Jewish nation in some land far off, but there is implications for your life and for my life from this story that happened to Abraham. Hallelujah. Potential is seen as we work our way through the Old Testament scriptures in the story of Ezekiel's boneyard. In Ezekiel chapter 37 of this story writes, Amen, Brother Nathaniel Wilson, he says, Nostalgia may be experienced upon finding the visible and the familiar bone fragments of yesterday's lying here and there. However, without a reconnection to the visible or to the invisible. Amen. The visible will continue to lay silently in potential. Amen. It will continue to lay silently disconnected and moldering in the dust of memory. Hallelujah. But when the spiritual begins to interact with the natural, amen, there is something miraculous that begins to happen. Amen. When 
them. Ezekiel's boneyard, these which once had been, amen, but experienced degeneration are now through the utterance of the creative word revived to their pristine state. Amen. This is the power of the word of God. The power of the promise of God. This is the power of the unfolding plan of redemption for lost humanity. In Ezekiel's boneyard, the story as, amen, the word of God begins to work. Amen. Fragmented pieces in a boneyard begin to become again holistic individuals. Wholeness begins to enter into the life, amen, of God's people at the power of the spoken word of God. Hallelujah. There is a power in the word of God for your life and for my life. There's a power in the promise of God for this church today. Hallelujah. The power of a promise. Isaiah You work your way through scripture. Isaiah 44 verses 1 through 3 says, Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeserun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. And my blessing upon thine offspring. Amen. The promise that was given to Abraham in Genesis is unfolding here in the book of Isaiah. As God begins to say, uh, talking about the seed of Abraham. Talking about the promise of God. I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon your seed. I'm going to pour out my spirit. And here in Isaiah, he begins to give us a little bit clearer depiction of what it looks like. The promise that was made to Abraham back in Genesis. It will be an outpouring of the spirit of God upon this world. And it will come through the people of God. Amen. God will use his people in this process of filling the world with his spirit and then we get all the way through scripture and i'm actually getting ready to uh, begin closing up this message this morning amen but we get our way all the way into the book of acts chapter number two and verse number 16 through verse 17 and here amen the apostle peter stands up and he says but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. All of the writers in the New Testament, amen, they preached from the Old Testament. They didn't have this entire Holy Bible that you and I have of 66 books. Amen. They had the Old Testament and they looked at what the prophets of old talked about. They looked at the words of God found in the Pentateuch, the five book, the first five books in the Bible. Amen. They looked back and they said, what was God speaking way back then? And whatever it was, we've got to remember it. And we've got to believe that God will continue to bring it to pass in the current day in which we live. Because a promise of God never returns void. It always accomplishes what he sent it out to do. Amen. The promises of God, the Bible says, are yea. And in Christ they are amen. 
The word amen is literally translated, so be it. So be it. Amen. The promises of God are yes and so be it. Amen. Mary said, be it unto me according to thy will. Amen. The promise of God. I want it to unfold in my life. I want it to unfold in my life. The power of promise. You and I, no doubt, have made promises to our kids at different times. Sweetheart, if you'll just stop hitting your sister, I'll let you watch Team Umizumi. You older folks know what that is. Sweetheart, if you just stop doing X, Y, and Z, you can watch Blippi. If you just stop doing this, I'll take you to the park later. We can go to the park and have a good time. Maybe they behave. Maybe they listen. Maybe they don't. One thing's for sure. They don't forget. Dad, you told me you could take me to the park. Dad, you told me you would do X, Y, and Z. You are obligated to fulfill your promise to your children. How do you feel when your child says something like that to you? Mom, you told me if I would go to church, you would make me a cake. You would let me go here, there, whatever. You know I have an obligation to give this child what I promised them. You feel that obligation. You understand, you know what, I've got to do this. The Bible uses the term like this, how much more shall your heavenly father. When God has given you promises and God has committed some things to you and God said, if you will do this, it's a conditional promise, then I will do this. It's found in the book of 2 Chronicles, I believe it is, says, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. God made a conditional promise. And the promise that God made to Abraham, in through thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We have that promise upon our lives. The promise of Abraham. That promise was fully encapsulated. Throughout the Old Testament, even the beginning parts of the Gospels and the New Testament, it was talked about, alluded to, a little bit more clarification was given. And then the promise of Abraham was fully given when we get to the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. As Peter preached that first gospel message and Peter preached about how that God had raised Jesus uh, and Jesus was the one that uh, the people in the audience had killed, had crucified and he began to direct the preaching directly to the people and he said Jesus whom thou killest 
whom thou crucifiest. He is both Lord and God. He put them to the test. He put the people, amen, on the witness stand. He said, you are the ones that killed and took the life of Jesus. And it reached the head to the point at which the end of Peter's first gospel message that the only thing that could happen was the people would tell, would tell Peter, what shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what should be the response? Uh, what should be my response to this preached word upon my life? Knowing that I've sinned and I've crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Knowing that all the, the sins and the trespasses against the laws of God have been committed by my life and in my heart and in my past. And I've got sin in my past. What do I do with my current situation? What do I do with the knowledge and the understanding that my life has crucified the Savior and I've caused Him to die on the cross because of my sin? And here's where you and I are again on Sunday morning. Amen. The lifestyle that we have been living, the way that we've lived our lives. Amen. Each and every time we live life in sin and we did our own thing and we, we lived according to self-will and we transgressed the law of God, we crucified Him. We put Him on the cross. We nailed the, We hammered the nails into His hands and to His feet with the way that we lived our lives. And then Peter, amen, uh, he answers the question that they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the promise of Abraham is, is fully detailed by the apostle Peter. Amen. Some would say the, the first pope of the Catholic Church, Peter, amen, that rock, that little rock, amen, that Jesus talked about. Peter stands up the one that Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom to. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I give to thee the keys to the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That same Peter stands up and gets his keys out and begins to unlock the door and says, This is a promise of Abraham to every Jew, to every Gentile, every wayward son and daughter, every sinner lost in sin, no matter the walk of life, no matter the language, no matter where you come from, no matter who your daddy was, who your mommy was, no matter what you did yesterday, what you think you're going to do tomorrow, I'm going to unlock the door with the keys that Jesus gave me. Peter stands up and he says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to repent. You've got to turn from your ways. You've got to make it about face. You was going this direction. You've got to go the opposite direction. That's what repentance is. It is a change of the mind, a change of the heart, and it leads to a change in lifestyle. He said repent and be baptized. Amen. That word baptism, amen, literally translated is immersion in water. It is to be fully covered in water. The word baptism is symbolic of the death and the dying of Christ. And we are buried with him in baptism, the Bible says. He said, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or the removal of sins. 
He did not say in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost. But what he actually said, hear me now, was the name of the Father. It was the name of the Son. It was the name of the Holy Ghost. And that name is Jesus. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then verse 39, he hearkens again to the promise to Abraham way back in Genesis. He says for the promise, for the promise, for the promise, for the promise, for the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. I'm talking about the power of the promise. The promise that God made to Abraham back in Genesis. Abraham was 90, wondering, Amen, does God remember the promise? But it wasn't until thousands of years later that the true and the fulfillment of that promise would be realized. In the book of Acts. This is the promise. All throughout the Old Testament, from the very beginning of Genesis, all the way to the book of Acts, it all points to this one encounter, this one fulfillment. Everything from Genesis to Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, even the first chapter, the first few verses of Acts, it's pointing. To a promise that's coming. A promise that I'm going to fulfill. And from the book of Acts chapter 2. All the way through Revelation chapter 21. It harkens back to the promise. Remember the promise. The promise is unto you. Amen. And God uses these elements. Repentance, water baptism, and Holy Ghost infilling. God uses these experiences, these moments, these methods as a humbling experience. When you come to God, it's repent. It's God, forgive me of my sins. I'm not going to go back to them. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. God, I'm repenting. You know, that takes, that takes a heart that's been in God's presence, that's been softened. It takes a heart that's been softened. God, I, I'm not going to do things my way. I'm going to commit to doing it your way. It was that repentant spirit that was on my mother I re- referenced earlier in service. That way back at Abundant Life Temple, actually before that it was Brother Mosqueda, way back in San Jose, That she said, God, I repent. I'm not going to do the things I was doing before. Mama's told me before, and maybe told some of you, but way back before the Lord, there was lots of ungodliness that was taking place. Her and my aunt, Sister Didi, and they could tell you the stories. Not to give glory to the devil, but there was ungodliness way back then. 
If my father was here, he'd tell you his story like he told us over and over again before the Lord. But he repented and said, God, from this day forward, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to surrender everything to you. And I'm going to commit, God, to you that it's now or never. Each of us has to get that place where we say, God, it's now or never, God. I'm just going to give you everything today. And when I wait, and I'm not going to worry about tomorrow, but when I get up tomorrow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray and I'm going to say, God, here's my today. And when I wake up the following day, I'll get up and I'll pray again. I'll say, God, here's my today. Here's my today. You know, my dad would tell us the stories about how that when he came to God and he gave his heart to God, he, he went to an altar of repentance. He ran to the altar. He would tell us over and over again that the devil would whisper to him and say, you're not going to make it one week. You're not going to make it one week. Amen. You're going to fall back into your old lifestyle. You're going to fall back into your old illicit relationships. You're going to fall back into your old philandering lifestyle. You're going to fall back into your old corrals and ways. Hallelujah. And one week would go by and the devil would whisper again in his ear and say, Hey, Alex, you're not going to make it one month. Amen. You're not going to make it one month. Yeah, you made it one week, but you can't do it for one whole month. Amen. He would just get up and pray every single day. God, help me to make it. God, it's now or never. Renew my mind. He would find a place to pray. And one month passed by. And the devil came by again, visiting him and whispering, You're not going to make it one year, buddy. Amen. You're not going to make it one year. But 40-something years later, he's still standing up, living for God, saying, Look at me, devil. Amen. I've not bowed the knee to bail. I've not compromised. I'm giving God my very best. And to you in this place, you've got a promise upon your life. You've got a promise that God said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Honey, I'm hanging my hat on those two words, all flesh. And I'm saying, God, that word, all flesh, did not discriminate against the Burroughs family. It did not discriminate against the Hall family. That word, all flesh, did not discriminate against the Moore family. The word, all flesh, it did not discriminate against the Moore family. That word, all flesh, it does not discriminate. It is all flesh. And honey, I'm hanging my hat on those two words. And I'm saying, God, pour it out on my family. Pour it out in my church. Pour it out on me one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Lord in this place and lift your voice and give God some praise. Give God some worship. Come on, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your hands? Would you worship Him out loud and say, God, I'm hanging my hat on those two words, all flesh, and I'm saying, God, you did it for the people of Nineveh. They were a godless people. They didn't know their right hand from their left hand. And you had mercy upon them. I'm praying, God, that you would have mercy upon my family. I'm praying, God, pour out your spirit in Latham, Manteca, Tracy, Ripon, God, Modesto, Stockton, Sacramento, everywhere, God, all around San Joaquin, Stanislaus counties. Pour out your spirit and let that promise of Abraham live on in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
The power of a promise. Hallelujah. The power of a promise. God, I believe you're going to fulfill your promise to my life. I believe you're going to fulfill your promise to my life. Come on, as the music begins to play. Amen. Everybody reaching out to God for a few moments. God, I want the promise of Abraham to be working in my life. God, I pray you would pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, God. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. If you feel the Lord lead you to pray in this altar, pray with your neighbor. Hallelujah. I'm encouraging the church to reach out and grab a hold of somebody. Grab a hold of your God. Say, God, remember your promise. Amen. God's made some of you specific promises in years past. You've got to go before his presence like Abraham did. And say, God, remember your promise. Remember your promise. Remember your promise. Remember your promise. Hallelujah. Come on, I need somebody to lift up their voice. Why don't you close your eyes, lift up your hands, and open up your mouth, and speak out loud to God. Would you feel on the depths of your heart? God, I want you to remember your promise. Pour out your spirit, God, in my church. Pour out your spirit in my family. I pray, God, for every family that's in this church service this morning. I pray, God, you would pour out your spirit upon every family in this church. Pour out your spirit, God, in every service. Pour out your spirit, God, in every service. Pour it out, God, in every service. Pour it out, God, in every family. Come on, somebody needs to reach out to the Lord this morning. God, hear and hearken to our, our prayer. Hear and hearken to our prayer. Hear and hearken to our prayer. Your word said all flesh. It did not discriminate against the whites, against the Mexicans, against the blacks, against the Hispanics. It did not discriminate against Asian Americans, the Chinese, the Russians, the Europeans. Amen. It did not discriminate against Africans. It's for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. It's for the rich, it's for the poor, it's for the middle class, it's for the up and out, it's for the down and out, it's for the homeless man on Steed Road, and it's for the attorney working the high rise in the downtown district. It's for every man, every woman. Oh God, 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 God. Come on, I'm encouraging somebody. Reach out to the Lord this morning. Reach out to Him. What do you need from God today? What do you need from your God today? Reach out and grab a hold of the hands of God. Come on. Come on, link up with family members. Amen. Pray God, work in our 
every family. Work in every family. God wants me to remind somebody today of the promise that He's made you. He has not forgotten the promise that He's made you. He's not forgotten the promise that He's made you.